Well, good morning and welcome to the Mago Nutrition Podcast. I'm Danielle, a dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. Um, And I'm also a mom of two. So I am wanting to welcome you and let you know that this podcast is about answering your questions and giving you practical nutrition strategies to help you and your family flourish. Um, So it is back to school season. So I'd like to kind of have a conversation on ideas to prepare for school lunches or um, what to look on the labels for, for your kids um, and more, more information than that. So just um, before we get started, if you have a question that you would like to have featured in an Imago Nutrition podcast episode, go to imagonutrition.com slash podcast. So I-M-A-G-O nutrition.com slash podcast. Um, so the first thing is I kind of just wanted to share what I do um, as a mom of two boys. I, I understand the stress um, that goes into every day having things prepared for school and not just what they need to bring as far as homework or projects. Uh, Our our, um, schools also do fun days where they wear something specific. So there's just so much to remember on top of early dismissal and (laughs) no school days. So I understand the stress of just adding something you have to do daily that, you know, you get a break from, from the summer. Um, So What I do is I do really like those individual divided containers. Um, So they have, mine have three sections, uh, others have more than that. Um, So one is, one section is big enough to hold like a sandwich or a wrap. And the other two sections are smaller. One has the second smallest and then the smallest. So there's kind of three different sizes. Um, But they're really helpful for me because I like to think about um, what specific food groups I'm packing. And one thing I focus on is having one fruit, one veggie, one to two sources of protein, and a high fiber carbohydrate um, or something crunchy. So let's dive into that a little bit. So why we want protein is for them to help us help them stay satisfied for longer. And obviously other reasons, um, protein are important, but one, you know, thing is to have some variety so they don't get bored. And that could be protein sources could be hummus, deli meat, cheese, any peanut butter or almond butter, if that's allowed by the school. So like a uh, nut butter. Edamame is a good plant-based protein that has a lot of fiber. It's nice and crunchy. Quinoa, I'll tell you what I kind of do with those with quinoa in a minute. Tofu or bean and lentil pasta. Dairy could be another protein you utilize. Uh, our family typically utilizes that for breakfast. Um, one reason is because dairy typically requires a little more refrigeration. Um, except for cheese, like string cheeses, we definitely put in the lunch, but we utilize the dairy for breakfast. So that would be kefir or yogurt, um, or milk. And so 
it's interesting to note all the things that dairy provides for us, you know, as adults and children, uh, dairy provides probiotics, which is those good, healthy bacteria for your gut, calcium and protein. Um, so if your child is around the age four to eight, they need about two and a half cups of dairy per day to meet their calcium needs. And if your child is older than that, they need three cups of dairy a day um, to meet their calcium needs. So it's kind of amazing how high that amount is. Um, the serving of vegetable requirements is a little bit lower than that for kids. So um, if your child's four to eight, your uh, serving of veggie goal is two cups a day. And if your child is older than that, it's about two and a half cups a day. So it's interesting. I think a lot of uh, us focus on fruits and veggies, and we also really want to focus on dairy for all those good reasons. So um, back to those divided containers, um, one to two sources of protein. So if I have something like hummus or nuts or peanut butter, almond butter, um, those are just a little bit lower per gram than say your deli meat and cheese or um, bean or lentil pasta. So thinking about just like the amount of protein you're giving your children in the meals, offering one to two sources is kind of helpful. If maybe they don't like that other one source, then they at least have another source of protein. So um, that is the section that I typically make in like the bigger um, portion of the container. So in like a wrap or a sandwich um, is where I would normally put the biggest source of protein, the bean or lentil pasta that would be something like a pasta salad. So, um, utilizing leftover, um, plain bean or lentil pasta noodles and just adding, you know, the, the veggies, Italian dressing, um, meat and cheese. And if your child doesn't like that, you can also do that disassemble, which is really nice, um, to think about having disassembled meals. So one of my kids doesn't like sandwiches, yet. And so we just kind of make a disassembled sandwich. So having the meat and cheese, sometimes I put bread, but sometimes I just put crackers in there, um, as his disassembled sandwich. Um, and then for the hummus that could be really helpful for, um, the veggies just as a, a dip, but they're also getting, um, extra protein and fiber with the hummus. Um, avocados or guacamole could be also a great option, um, for a dip. And that's going to give you your child a heart healthy fat. So a little extra calories that they need to, um, and that gives a lot of flavor to the veggies. So don't, don't be afraid to add, you know, ranch or other dips to help them, um, enjoy their veggies. They don't need to have those veggies plain. Um, any little fat in your dip, um, can also help absorb those fat soluble vitamins in those veggies. I typically do, you know, just raw veggies, um, cut up because we typically do cooked veggies, but sometimes I think it's kind of nice if you do find that your kids like, um, leftovers cold. Um, it's always good to know your child's favorite. So even, um, leftover chicken from dinner, I would normally like to heat that in my lunch, um, or have it in a wrapper in a salad if it's not heated. Um, but my kids, 
really love ketchup. And so it doesn't matter that they can't heat up the chicken. They will still eat it if they have some ketchup. So definitely those dips can be really helpful um, in knowing what your kids' favorites are. And utilizing those leftovers means you get to cook less for sure. Fruit, I, uh, again, typically use fresh uh, fruit for here for the lunches. And one thing that's helpful, um, I guess I use both those little fruit cups, those plastic fruit cups, where it's the fruit in its own juice. Um, and when I have, um, I ask my children to save those containers because then I can put the fresh fruit in those containers too. So you're kind of um, having a, like a separated section in addition to those three sections. So maybe I should just buy uh, a lunch container with four sections, but it is helpful just to be able to separate, you know, something that's a little more wet, like fruit from your crackers. So they're not going to get soggy. And so those, um, those things are helpful for the fruit. Otherwise I just put it in the other, uh, one of the sec the smaller sections. So that is uh, how I kind of assemble my meals. It makes it easier in the morning when I know what I'm looking for. Okay, I need a protein, I need a fruit, I need a veggie. And then a high fiber carb would be something like Triscuits um, or roasted chickpeas. Those are examples of high fiber carbs. Um, carbohydrates are your energy-based foods, and obviously your kids need lots of energy throughout the day. Um, and I alternate that with something crunchy. When I say something crunchy, that's not necessarily a high fiber choice, um, just an extra energy based food. Um, so that could be like goldfish or pretzels. And, um, when I have those goldfish or pretzels, I'm still giving my child that fiber with those fruits and veggies. So it's not that they're missing the fiber that day. Um, it's just, again, giving some variety and, um, lots yeah, lots of options. So for the next, um, tip that I would recommend is ask your kids if the portions are right. Um, because with our goal as parents, um, our role is to just provide the food and they are going to decide if they're going to eat it and how much. And when they're at school, it's kind of hard to determine if we're giving them the right portion. Um, are they feeling more hungry, wish they had a little bit more, or are they feeling a little overwhelmed actually when we have too much food um, in front of our kids on their plates or even in their lunchbox? Um, it can be unappetizing and almost the overwhelm amount of food can make them not eat as much. So asking if the portions are right is really helpful. Um, I, when I say utilize leftovers, I really love those thermos things, you know, that can hold soup or, um, it can really hold anything you want to have warm. It doesn't have to be just soup. And <clears throat> when you think about using those, you do want to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, prime them. And so how you do that is you take you know, a cup of really hot water, boiling water, and put it in the thermos about 10 minutes prior to filling it up with warm food. Um, so stick a cup of water in the microwave, pour it into the thermos, um, screw the lid on and wait 10 minutes before you 
put in the warm food for the day. Um, so my kids like to request, you know, leftover mac and cheese from dinner or leftover lasagna from dinner or any type of uh, casserole that we make or mixed dish. Um, and this is my, where I have the quinoa bowl. Um, so one of our meals is um, like a quinoa um, Thai you know, with veggies and, and tofu. So we might uh, just put the leftovers in there. Another um, left uh, quinoa dish that I would, since we're on that topic, would be like a baked quinoa oatmeal. So it's kind of like, a, almost like a cake-like consistency, um, but it's the quinoa and oatmeal and uh, fruit for flavor. So it's a really great recipe from wellplated.com. So wellplated quinoa bars is what they're called. If you want to Google that recipe. Um, so those are kind of fun and I wouldn't necessarily put that in the thermos. It doesn't have to be warm. So that's kind of a nice, um, thing to put in a lunch that doesn't really have to be super cold or, or super warm. Um, so that is why, how I utilize those leftovers is using that thermos. Um, and it really does keep it warm. Make sure you remember that fork or spoon. Um, and then obviously in the winter times, it could be soups or stews, but yes, that's really a great option to have more variety. And with that, I like to talk about how to balance your make ahead meals with your portion and assemble meals. So I mentioned a couple make ahead meals already, like the quinoa breakfast bars. Um, and then some other ones that I do are, um, quinoa burgers. Um, so it's basically like a veggie burger uh, made out of quinoa, spinach and garlic and Parmesan, I believe. So that recipe is from Skinny Taste. If you want to um, go to skinnytaste.com and just Google, uh, sorry, in the skinnytaste.com website, um, search um, quinoa burgers, um, and that recipe will come up for you. So that's a really great make ahead. The quinoa breakfast bars are a great make ahead. Ava avocado egg salad is another great make ahead. Um, the only disadvantage of that one is it can change colors. So if your child is sensitive to that, um, maybe that wouldn't be a good one as a, as far as lunch, but maybe on the weekend you can make it ahead, um, and have it together. Egg boats. So boiling, um, eggs, hard boiled eggs, um, beforehand, you can make egg boats or just your child can have a hard boiled egg for breakfast for the, or for lunch for the protein. And, um, an egg boat is really this a hard boiled egg. You toss the yolk and you fill the hole with hummus. So one of my, um, kids, that's almost their favorite food. <laughs> um, so it's kind of nice. You can make those hard boiled eggs ahead of time, make three different things, the avocado egg salad or the egg boats or just the hard boiled eggs by itself. Um, so you kind of want to balance those make ahead meals and not have them, um, you know, too often because that can cause up more stress, more meal prep. So just, um, making maybe one of those a week or every other week, what have you, and then doing, um, the portion or simple meals that could be like a sandwich or wrap, meat, cheese, and crackers, the peanut butter and jelly tuna, um, tuna and crackers would be another great, you know, protein and high fiber, car high fiber carb. 
And then leftovers, I consider also the portion are simple since they're already made. You're really just dishing it out, putting it in um, that thermos. Um, so that is um, kind of tip number four, if you will. And next, I just wanted to kind of talk about what I look for on the nutrition labels when I'm purchasing like snacks and um, food to put in my kids' lunches. Well, really any any food we have in the house. <laughs> so um, the first one is fiber. Um, we get fiber, obviously, from our fr fresher frozen fruits and veggies. That's where the most amount of fiber comes from is the fresher frozen fruits and veggies. But when we are buying any other like snack foods, um, crackers or cereal or um, bars, things like that, looking at the fiber on there can be really helpful. Our goal is to have three grams or more. And we want to be cautious if it's a really high, you know, marked really high. That means they've probably added a lot of fiber and that can cause a lot of GI discomfort for anybody, especially for smaller tummies like your kids. So, um, you know, not much more than eight grams of fiber would you want in a single serving of food. Um, so about three grams, five grams, that's a really great goal for, you know, a bar or crackers, bread, cereal, like I mentioned, anything from a box, mainly carbohydrate foods. So you're not looking for fiber in your meat and cheese, obviously, um, and fruits and veggies don't come with a nutrition label. So that's what we're looking for as, uh, our goal. And then another, another one that's a really hot topic is added sugar. So when I, talk about this. I want you to remember that you're not looking at the total sugar line. You're looking at the grams of added sugar. That line is right below the total sugars. And so we'll say how many grams of added sugars are in the product per serving. And so when you look at that, you want to look at um, dividing that number by four. So one teaspoon is four grams. So if a product has eight grams of added sugar, you know that in one serving of that food, um, you're going to get two teaspoons of added sugar. So eight divided by four would be two, two teaspoons of added sugar in that product. Um, and the goal is not zero. Um, so for women, it is um, six teaspoons of added sugar per day or less. And these are goals from the American Heart Association. And for kids, it's six teaspoons of added sugar or less. Um, so it's kind of fun that moms and kids are on the same page with their sugar, uh, added sugar goal. And then, um, men would be nine teaspoons of added sugar or less, just in case you're listening <laughs> and you were curious about, uh, your goal. So the, the, the goal is not zero. That's really important to remember. Um, things like really great healthy food choices like kefir, um, has added sugar in it, but it has so many benefits. It has calcium and protein and probiotics, and um, you wouldn't want to miss out on all of those benefits um, just because we're trying to aim for too low of added sugar. So, um, you know, when you're looking at added sugar, again, that can be in bars or cereals, um, even crackers. There's there's lots of ways you can get added sugar. So just be aware um, that your your goal and your child's goal is not zero and just trying to find the yogurt that has less added sugar or the crackers or the cereal 
that have less added sugar. The next I wanted to is just a few other um, tips and tricks. So um, one thing that can be really fun is having, um, if your kids are a little bit older, having um, lunch packing stations. So um, you can have like a drawer designated in your refrigerator or a shelf designated in your pantry. Ideally both, because um, we want a little bit uh, from the refrigerator always and a little bit from the pantry most often. Um, and you just pull those um, drawers out and, you know, they kind of um, can assemble you know, with those uh, pre-sectioned containers. Um, and then this is where you can be teaching meal planning, really. Um, you can be teaching that you need the protein, you need the, the fiber to help you feel satisfied, then you need that, that energy food. Um, so um, it could be fun to have like a little tally sheet for like a color contest um, so they can tally up the, the colors that are in their lunches throughout the week. Um, so it's kind of um, sometimes I'll accidentally give them like all orange foods, like oranges and carrots and not even necessarily try for that, but they can actually kind of aim for, um, different colors in their lunches, um, based on what's available in the fridge. So definitely having, you know, some pre-cut fruits and veggies, if that makes it easier for you, um, or like those pre-portioned avocado or hummus cups, um, that can be easy to grab too. And then the, the fruits and veggies, some of them can be on the counter, like tomatoes and um, your, a lot of different fruits can be on the counter. So that could be really eye readily available so that kids can know that those are, those are available too. Um, so that can be really fun. I kind of already mentioned using, reutilizing um, things to uh, cut down on cost on plastic bags as far as those um, little plastic cups from the fruit cups, or you can get um, silicone muffin cups to for separation of like those more wet foods with, with the dry foods. Um, <clears throat> one thing to think about is, you know, um, when they're getting back into school and having, um, they're, they're more mentally fatigued. I don't know about you, but I'm always nervous of how they're going to come home super crabby and super tired. And, um, so thinking about that snack right after school, um, just for really good appetites for dinner, but also to address their, their immediate need. Um, so aiming for protein and fiber with that snack after school. Um, and making sure that snack doesn't get delayed and it's too close to the meal. Um, otherwise, or that would cause us to not have a great appetite for dinner. So um, think about that. And when you have that, you know, maybe have a list or again, a designated drawer in your refrigerator so that they can remember to choose snacks from the refrigerator, not just the pantry. Um, Cause those pantry snacks are typically those carbohydrates, just energy-based foods. And we do want just a little bit of fiber, you know, so they can make it till dinner or a little bit of protein so they can make it till dinner. As far as beverages, um, ideally for all children and adults, ideally we want most often water. Um, so the fluid goals, um, for ages four to five 
would be one and a half to five cups of water daily. And that could be higher too if your kids are really active and running around throughout the day. But um, four, four years to five years old, our goal for water is one and a half to five cups daily. I get this question a lot. Um, another way to check is, you know, if your child is having um, great bowel movements and also, you know, if their urine is a good color, um, not super yellow. Um, and the other beverage would be for um, calcium, the milk. Um, so skim or 1% milk. Um, the goal for that for ages four to five is two and a half cups of milk a day. Um, so that's where you can get a lot of your dairy goals that we mentioned earlier. Um, and then for older kids, six years and older, um, water goal is seven to 14 cups per day. Um, on the higher end would be those kids that are about the 14 to 18 year old boys. Um, so seven cups of water to up to 14 cups of water. If your kid is a boy, pretty active and and older, like the 14 to 18 age range. Um, and then as far as six plus goal for, um, milk would be two to three cups per day. And the higher end would be for those nine-year-old kids. Um, so again, the, the flu, the milk goal is two to three cups per day for ages six plus, and the higher end is for your nine-year-olds and older. So some beverages that we want to just limit a little bit, um, is your fruit juice. I always get this question about, um, whether you give your kids juice or not. And I do, we save it for breakfast only. And, um, my kids don't typically drink a lot for breakfast. So it kind of feeds right into this goal of no more than a half a cup to three fourths of a cup of juice, um, per day for kids four to five. So no more than a half a cup to three fourths of a cup of juice per day for kids four to five years old. And then for your kids that are older, six plus, um, is no more than one cup of fruit juice per day. So not much different, but no more than one cup of fruit juice per day for kids six plus. And the reason for that is not necessarily the added sugar. If you're choosing hundred percent fruit juice, it is a really good, um, you know, vitamin C source. Um, it's just that they're not feeling full from that and a lot of calories in a small space. So that's really the reason for that. Um, it's not necessarily the sugar that's added. Um, because if you're choosing the hundred percent fruit juice, there's no added sugar. It's just really that they're not feeling satisfied in a lot of calories in a small space. Um, and then Really the other beverages that are out there are those sports drinks like Gatorade, um, soda, flavored milk. These things we want to definitely save for special occasions. Um, we do use Gatorade in our house, you know, for swim meets or um, soccer games, things that are really high intensity activities, but we don't necessarily, we definitely don't have them every day. It's really kind of a seasonal thing. Um, and ideally you know, really having the water most often. So 
The other thing I want to mention before we close is just that your kids are getting really good balanced meals offered in school lunches. I think they do have a, you know, a bad rap as far as, um, you know, maybe they're not tasting good or they're not providing our, our kids good food, but actually they are required to have balance, um, in those school lunches. I just asked my kids the other day, what would, you know, the fruits and veggies that you get offered at school lunch and that the answer they had was, um, they had the option of choosing broccoli, peas, salad, apples, bananas, and frozen berries. Um, so it's really nice to know that, you know, those, those fruits and veggies are available for your kids, um, at the school lunch and, um, they do, they are required to give some type of dairy for protein or another type of dairy for the meal. Um, and then, um, you want to make sure you're not having, um, like a negative, um, perspective on the school lunches because that can be carried out by your kids and those other kids that are using school lunches um, can feel that kind of um, underlying um, attitude towards school lunches. So just remember those school lunches are really balanced. They're required by the state or the government and they do provide fruits and veggies. Um, it's just whether or not your child is choosing them. So um, just no exposure is, is what is needed for them to eventually start choosing those foods. So exposure at home can help them choose those foods, um, at, at the school lunch. So in summary, I would say, um, what you want to focus on, we talked about is balancing of protein, fiber, and carbohydrates to feel satisfied and to have the energy throughout the day. And then making sure, you know, that snack after school is not too close to the meal, um, but still gives, um, you know, addresses their, their hunger needs and, um, consider those beverage choices. I think a lot of people, um, always ask me those beverage recommendations, which, which is why I included those in the, um, podcast today. And if you needed to go back to those, the resource for that is healthy drinks, healthy kids.org. So healthy drinks, healthy kids.org. So those are actually relatively new, um, in the past two to three years, um, recommendations for drinks. They didn't have those prior for kids. Um, so those are really helpful to know their fluid needs and, um, stay hydrated throughout the day. So that can help with appetite control too. Well, I thank you so much for listening. And if you think this episode would be helpful for someone, please feel free to share it. And, um, as always, we want to thank happy pill for our theme song, thinking about food. Have a great day.